Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. Welcome to Shifting Ears, the internal podcast that we're starting here at Valley Metro. Talking about all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency, behind the scenes, and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Maddie. Where were you on July 15th, 2019? Probably talking about, oh, 2019? Oh, here in my office. Probably. Working away. Waiting for you to come on board. Ding, 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 ding. Well, I was in new employee orientation that day. <laughs> My first official day at Valley Metro. And we recently got to talk to someone who had their first official day at Valley Metro just over a month ago. She has a forward vision for the agency, and I'm so excited to be ready for her tenure. We're speaking to the new CEO. I am Jessica Mefford-Miller, and I'm CEO here at Valley Metro. Jessica, what was attractive to you about taking this job and moving to Phoenix? There were a lot of things attractive to me about the role of CEO here at Valley Metro. One was that it's a growing system. We have three active rail new starts projects underway, and that's tremendous for the transit industry, and that's something that we should really be proud of here in Phoenix. So I wanted to be part of a system that is growing and evolving and having the opportunity to contribute at that level is something that I'm really very excited about. I also saw a lot of challenges here within Phoenix that I think resonate with my background. I'm coming from a very large, a pretty decentralized metropolitan area where there are many different types of communities and markets for transit. And so I have some experience I thought I could bring to bear. I'm also really passionate about focusing on social equity and environmental sustainability. And I think we have a little ways to go in those areas, and most cities do, but it's a place where I can learn and grow, but also make a positive impact. And then on a more personal note, outside of the job, it's important for me to enjoy the place and the city that I live in. And so Phoenix and the state of Arizona has so much exciting culture, uh, so much good energy, art, and wonderful outdoors opportunities. My family and I, when we are not working or going to school, we spend a lot of time outside doing things like camping and hiking and snowboarding. And I see chances to be able to do that here in Arizona and actually for a much larger part of the year than we were able to do in other places we've lived in the past. Well, you alluded to this a little bit, but coming from St. Louis, what are the major differences you see between Valley Metro and your prior agency? Growth, the growth here in Phoenix and the growth in revenue streams and the commitment that the people of the Phoenix region have made to transit through Proposition 400 and hopefully the renewal of Proposition 400 is a big difference. In St. Louis, they are a region that isn't growing very quickly, and it's very hard to deliver service and capital programs when your revenue streams often aren't keeping pace with inflation, especially the cost of the things that we buy in transit. In transit, we buy labor, fuel, steel and construction materials. And, and those are going up right now at a pretty quick clip. And so it was pretty difficult in St. Louis to be able to expand and think about what is possible when we were often cutting back. But one, I think, value that I derived from that experience is a real necessity for thinking outside the box and thinking about ways to constantly be more efficient and fine-tune 
what we do because it wasn't sustainable even to keep the system as status quo. You couldn't keep the same number of buses going down the same route and the same types of vehicles in perpetuity in most of our markets and expect that to continue to be sustainable. So it led us to do things different. Like we did a total redesign of our fixed route bus system in 2019. We introduced microtransit. We partnered with Lyft in places where we were carrying very few people over pretty short distances to take over that service for us. So while it was challenging, it taught me ingenuity innovation and pragmatism in ways that I value and I look forward to being able to apply here in Phoenix. You just mentioned it across the entire county and the city that you worked in in Missouri. You had to find the ways to figure out solutions to, you know, those smaller areas that still need service. And I think that as we continue to see growth here in Arizona, That's something we're also going to have to look at is, you know, those city centers become bigger and smaller and we continue to sprawl. I think that's definitely something we're going to have to look at here in the Valley, too. So I'm excited about that. But you've only been here about a month, so you've seen a little bit of our sprawl. What do you think about Arizona so far? You know, I love it. I see a large metropolitan region, but I also see within that so many distinct communities with their own character and their own culture. And for us here at Valley Metro, I think what that means for us is that we need to continue to connect those communities so people can travel within or between all of our 18 member cities. But we also have to do so in a way that honors the character, the aspirations, the growth and development plans of those member cities. So we've got to stitch all of these pieces together and create harmony through a transit system that is truly regional in nature, but also local in focus and scope to an extent. All right. So speaking of stitching together cities and municipalities, you studied geography and you're actually working on your doctorate right now. So how does that background help your work leading a transit agency? So the thing about being a geographer that I think is resonant for transit roles and certainly a leadership role like mine is that I think about challenges and solutions a bit more holistically. So I'm thinking about uh, systems, so urban systems, so, you know, how the street network is working, how the transit system is actually working and operating. And I'm grateful to be steeped in transit operations as part of that background. But I'm also thinking about the impact of that system on the people and places. So where can people go? Where can people not go on the transit system, which is often just as important a question and one that we fail, I think, too often to take up. And then I think about how those systems that we're building are going to impact the physical place that we're in. I think Phoenix is an awesome place, but it should not be lost on us that we are here in the middle of a desert. And if we are not really deliberate about how we impact our climate, and that includes water use, uh, vehicle emissions, energy consumption, then we are contributing to a city that's less sustainable. So I always feel like in climates like ours, we're, we're kind of on the brink. We're walking a fine line between being able to thrive and really disrupting the environment around us. And so I think my background as a geographer is a good fit for roles like this. And I've been able to do things in the past 
like really try to focus on service delivery through a social and racial equity lens to introduce programs that delivered cleaner energy, including zero emissions vehicles, switching from non-renewable energy sources at the utility scale, like coal towards solar. These are things I've done and that I think about as a geographer that I look forward to bringing here to Valley Metro. And I also, earlier in my career, I spent a lot of time working in geographic information systems, travel demand modeling. So I certainly know enough to be dangerous. And I also have, gosh, I have taken more statistics classes than I care to remember over the course of my academic and teaching career. But that also helps me understand information and how to synthesize information and to know which of our data points are more important for any given decision. And so I think the team is going to find, I probably bring a little bit different approach. I'm going to be getting down, not into the weeds, but getting down into our data sets and pushing us to really focus on our performance, relating how we do and what we do and looking at the impact that has on the people in the communities that we serve, but then quickly taking that content and pulling up, going to a higher level and using it to really make decisions. So I view the data streams that we're dealing with as prescriptive in nature. We should be looking at metrics and performance indicators that prescribe some action on our part, whether that is carry on all as well, or, you know, yellow light, we've got some problem in this performance area. So that technical background as a geographer, I think is pretty helpful. You've already alluded to many ways that you are passionate about transit, whether it's climate change, whether it's social equity, or just being a source of providing transportation to the region. What made you so passionate about transit? I never set out, Brittany, in my career to become a transit professional. I didn't grow up in a dense urban environment. I didn't regularly use transit until, I think, in graduate school when I was doing my master's. But I love systems, and I love a a systems approach to, to thinking about things and organizing the world, if you will. And so working in urban systems is a good fit for me, but working in transit in particular is something that resonates with me because I love to serve people. I grew up and have always had a deep passion for helping people, and I get to do that every single day working in transit. I'm also an environmentalist at my core, and I think having people live and work in cities and dense environments, it certainly is more sustainable for the environment. So we've got to move them around in ways that are quick and efficient. And then finally, the social equity is so central to my commitment to transit because I really see transit as a great leveling tool. It can create access where otherwise there would not be without transit service. And that's the difference between someone getting that job, that whether it's that first job or that job that's next level for them. It's the difference between subsistence and working paycheck to paycheck, perhaps, and being able to have a pipeline, whether it's to a job within or outside of their community, to get to that next level where they've got a career and a family-supporting kind of wage. And I have seen the impact that pipeline had on my own family when I was growing up, and it afforded me to do things that wouldn't have been previously possible, like go to college. And those are the opportunities that I want for our customers and the people we serve across the valley. Well, it really sounds like you have your finger on the pulse and you are ready and we are so excited that you're here. You've alluded to some of them, but as an agency, especially coming out of a pandemic, we know there are challenges ahead. 
Can you name the top three challenges that you're ready to tackle here at Valley Metro? Sure. So one of the challenges that we have, and and this is partially in the post-pandemic world, and part of it was there before. We have been an organization that's been focused on service delivery, delivering bus, lat rail, and paratransit service, and expanding the system. But on an ongoing basis, we've got to pause and, and do temperature checks with the communities that we serve and make sure that we're going in a direction that is aligned with their needs, their interests, how they're growing, how they're not growing. And so that's going to be a focus of ours for right now. You, you have to constantly do this. So in, in my job and in our jobs, one of the most important things that we do over the course of the day, every single day, is listen. I find that if you ask people, what do you want? What's on your mind? What are you thinking about? How can I serve you? They're going to give you an answer, right? It's not a great mystery. And, and I think we've got some work to do in this area. But by asking, what do you want? And how can I help you? How can we better serve you? And you get an answer and you take that answer with an understanding of what we can do and how we can respond to that. You demonstrate that responsiveness and we're going to deepen our relationships with the communities that we serve. So that's a challenge number one for us here at Valley Metro. And then a challenge number two, like most transit agencies worldwide, is we've experienced diminished ridership. You know, we're carrying about 50% of our pre-pandemic passengers, though we're operating pretty close to our pre-pandemic service levels here at Valley Metro. So we have to think about how we're going to move forward in a way that's financially sustainable. That's that other pillar of sustainability we haven't touched on yet today. We have to make sure that that productivity or cost per passenger mile is sometimes how we express it, is at a place where our member cities can accept it and at a place where we can financially sustain it. That also means, though, we have to think about the value that transit delivers, and there's no one metric. It's not ridership. It's not cost per passenger mile. There are other measures of our success, and some of those are intangible. It's the value that people hold when they think of Valley Metro, even for people out there who are residents of the greater Phoenix region who don't use our service at all, or maybe not on a regular basis. Perhaps they like knowing that when they go to the Footprint Center to catch a Suns game a few times a year, they can count on Valley Metro, or they know that when they're aging loved one wants to live independently, they've got Valley Metro and our services to count on to help them do that. Or when they're driving down the highway and they're stuck in traffic and they're watching that express go by, at least they know that's X number of cars that are out of their way on the highway. So it's recognizing that value, making sure we're measuring that value, not just through our yardstick, but through the yardstick of the communities and the people we serve. And and that's super important. So we are going to grow back ridership. I can't give you a date on when or if we're going to get back to pre-pandemic levels, but that means we have to design a system and deliver service in a way that's reflective of the way people travel. The transit, and this is not just Valley Metro, but really globally has long been oriented toward the commute or the journey to work. But we know, and we've always known, that the commute is not the predominant trip-making pattern. So when we look at things like travel diary data, there's the commute, but then there are all of these other trips that people are making. So now if people aren't commuting, or maybe they're commuting only 60% of their pre-pandemic level, we've got to try and capture some of those other trips that they're making. So when they're not driving into the office, 
what opportunities do they have and how can Valley Metro be their mobility provider of choice? So this requires us to deepen conversations with customers, ask them what they're looking for, understand how travel has changed in the Phoenix metro area. One of the things I've heard from MAG is that while transit trip making remains depressed relative to pre-pandemic, our regional vehicle miles traveled, that's the, you know, the amount people are driving in their personal vehicles remains about the same. We know that peak period congestion is a little bit less than it was before. So where and when are all these people traveling and how can we get them on Valley Metro? That's the question we have to be asking ourselves. And then we've got to be willing to make changes to our system, whether that's our route structure or our schedules or even the types of service we provide or how we market, communicate, and promote the great array of services we provide. And by the way, I think we do a great job of that. I have found a region where transit is embraced. And I congratulate the Valley Metro team for the hard work delivering, building, designing, excellent service, and then communicating that in a way that's really resonant with the Phoenix region. And you know what? That's not a given. It's especially not a given in cities that are so low density and sprawling like the Phoenix region and and greater Maricopa County. So y'all need to pat yourselves on the back for that for a moment. And this is one of the things that drew me here. Now we're going to go into a little quick question round to get to know you a little bit better. Okay, we're going to call it a lightning round. So first up, what's your favorite food? Tacos. Favorite musician? I think it's Philly Nelson. Favorite vacation spot? Steamboat Springs, Colorado. What are you reading right now? The Ride of a Lifetime. It's by Robert Iger. What do you do while you commute? I talk to people, I chat people up, find out where they're going, how their day is, how how using the system is working for them. What's your hidden talent? I'm a fast runner. Um, Where did you grow up? Granite City, Illinois. Sweet or salty? Bittersweet, I like dark chocolate. Night person or morning person? Morning. Arizona Cardinals or St. Louis Cardinals? Both, because they're different sports, right? Jessica, if there's anything else you wanted to touch on or any final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I am so enjoying about working with the team here at Bali Metro is that I have found an organization of people who are just so committed to Valley Metro and to transit service and who work together. And I love that. I love that. I know that, especially over these last couple of years, our work environment has been different and strained a little bit. So I look forward to coming together as an entire Valley Metro team. And when I say the team, I mean everyone who's a direct employee or a contract employee, everyone who works to serve our customers. So it's a strong team. I look forward to working together and doing some cross-disciplinary, cross-collaborative projects and programming. I think it'll be good for us, and I think it will help us really build our muscles and push in new and challenging and exciting directions. Wow, what an engaging conversation. I don't know about you, Brittany, but it seems like this might be one of the most exciting times to take over a transit agency as a new CEO. We're coming out of the wake of COVID-19. It's time to innovate in transit. It's time to see what new services, new ways we can move people around our region. We have all these projects under construction, streetcars about to open. Jessica definitely has her work cut out for her. 
Yeah, talk about coming into a plate full of projects. It's exciting, it's new, and we're so excited she's here because, like you said, Maddie, coming out of the pandemic, there's opportunity for change. People have just changed in general. Their travel demands have changed. And so looking at all of these things moving forward with a customer-forward focus, I think that's really exciting for the agency. Okay, now the moment you've all been waiting for. It's your chance to win a gift card. Prizes, prizes, prizes. Today's trivia question is... Where did Jessica Mefford Miller grow up? If you are the first person to email us the correct answer at podcast at valleymetro.org, you will win a gift card. So don't delay. Send us those emails and send us an email if you have an idea for a episode topic that we can cover on Shifting Ears, podcast at valleymetro.org. That's it for this episode. For Valley Metro, I'm Brittany. I'm Madeline. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Shifting Ears is produced by Peter Corkery and Alex Soto. Taylor Dunn is the executive producer, and I'm Brittany Hoffman with Madeline Phipps. Thanks for listening.